0: of common sense investing have been helping their clients and listeners make sense of the markets for nearly three decades. Using a conservative, diversified, value-oriented approach to investing, they strive to make you a better educated, well-informed investor. And now here's your host, Eric Whiteman. Thank you. We have so much to talk about. I don't know where to start. Well, for sports fans, this is one of the biggest weeks of the year. Super Bowl Sunday. It's this weekend in Miami. And you still have time if you're trying to get there. Of course, it's going to set you back a bit. Last week, Bloomberg was saying that a one bedroom condo in South Beach, well, they were being offered at $5,500 a night. And a four bedroom penthouse was fetching $40,000 a night. But there's a four night minimum. You can't just stay one night. And the W Hotel in South Beach, they were offering rooms for close to 4,000, which is about triple its regular rate. Now, once you're there, once you have the accommodations locked down, you're going to need a ticket. You're going to need a ticket to get in the Hard Rock Stadium. No problem. Tickets are always available at the right price, right? The right price, depending on where you want to sit, it's going to set you back eh, about a minimum of five grand. And you can spend a whole lot more of the, more than that, but don't worry about the cash. Again, according to Bloomberg, StubHub is partnering with financial technology company Affirm, and they're letting their customers buy tickets on a payment plan. That's right. You can finance your Super Bowl tickets the same way you finance your car. Loan terms are going to span from three to 12 months, and interest rates are ranging from 10 to 30%. Really? Well, if you're there and you spend all the money to get there, you you might as well go to one of the parties, am I right? Might I suggest checking out the Sports Illustrated Bash at the Fontainebleau? If you can get in, you're going to see all the headliners, people like the Black Eyed Peas, Marshmallow, the rapper the uh, baby's going to be there. And DJ D-Soul. Never heard of DJ D-Soul? Well, you might know him better by his sidekick. He's the CEO of Goldman Sachs. And apparently he's been spinning the old electronic dance music for quite a while now. Pretty exciting stuff. But you know what? For those kinds of prices and all the hassle, and considering that neither of the teams that I root for are in it, I'm just going to stay home and watch it on the big screen. Keep in mind, if you do go to the game, you're going to miss what I think is one of the best parts of the whole thing, the commercials. I have to say, I think that the commercial game has been a little weak over the last couple of years, so I'm hoping that they show a big comeback. One that I know about and what i the one that I want to see is the Porsche ad and they should be showing that I think sometime in the first quarter. This is going to be Porsche's first Super Bowl ad in 23 years, and it's going to be promoting one of their electric cars or the electric car, the Taycan. I heard Porsche's uh, head of North American say that 50% of its customers are for the new car are current Porsche owners who are looking to add a car, an electronic vehicle, or they're buying it as a replacement to another Porsche. And then another 50% is coming from non Porsche customers. And I'd be curious to see how many people opt for a Porsche instead of the Tesla. Now, there's a stock that's been blasting along at warp speed Tesla, symbol TSLA. Back in October, the stock was trading around $261. And now, it's around 550. Well, that's more than a double. I can do that math. Pretty impressive for a company that hasn't made any money. I will say it feels it feels like things are different at Tesla. Some of the craziness seems to, I don't know, have been tampered down. Yeah, the, the craziness may be tampered down, but Tesla's market cap? It just hit $100 last week, making it the second most valuable car company on the planet. There's only one larger than Tesla, and that's Toyota. Pretty incredible when you think about it. Tesla is worth more than Ford, worth more than GM. And you compare them, Tesla delivered almost 370,000 vehicles last year, while Ford, they delivered a million. And GM, they delivered close to 3 million. Heck, those are even tiny compared to Volkswagen, which delivered 11 million. And you have to ask yourself are investors telling themselves that Tesla is going to grow to be as large or as profitable as Volkswagen? Or are they thinking that Tesla only grows to half the size of Volkswagen, but twice as profitable? or even just a third of the size of size of Volkswagen, but delivers three times the margin. There does seem like there's been a change of direction, as I said at Tesla, but these assumptions, they seem pretty speculative to me, and the stock seems highly overvalued. If you're looking for a car, why not look at CarMax? I'd look at the stock, symbol KMX. I've added to it over the past month or so. It's rallied pretty strong. And with this recent, well, day of a pullback, it's becoming becoming attractive again. I like their no-hassle business model. And I've talked about talked about it several times on the show before, but I see some other things I like too. And I'll cite a recent Barron's article for this. Data from Kelly's Blue Book shows the average price of a new vehicle in December was almost $42,000. That's up 4% from last year and up 30% from the start of 2012. That increase is kind of odd. But that increase is way more than what's showing up in the Department Labor of Labor's Consumer Price Index, which shows only a 2.1 percent year-over-year increase in new car prices since 2012. Those two don't match. But what's even more important is the average price of a new car now represents about two-thirds of the av- uh, or of the median income in the U.S. Two-thirds of median income. We all know that as soon as you get in that new car and drive it off the lot, you lose a lot of value. And That's one of the reasons why the used car market has been doing fairly well. The Mannheim used vehicle value index, which I'll use as a proxy for used vehicles, is up 2.5% from a year ago and up 12% from the start of 2012. So here we have it. New cars are up Uh, about 30% from the start of 2012, where new uh, used car prices are up only 12% from the start of 2012. Basically, used cars have become more affordable compared to the new version. And you think about this, it's especially more, well, it's more attractive when you consider that a car that's, say, only two, three, four years old, probably has most of the new features that people are looking for. I think this bodes well for CarMax. The analysts expect them to earn about $5.60 this year. and The stock is trading around 95, which means KMX is trading about 16, 17 times this year's earnings, which is a little less than the average over the last 15 years. At this price, I'm willing to nibble a little. Starting a new position, or even add, uh, adding on to what I have. Okay, we're at the peak of when the S and P five hundred companies are releasing their earnings, and we have a ton coming out this week. A lot of folks are going to be looking at uh, Amazon, Apple, Microsoft, AT and T releases this week, and we've already heard from uh, a number of companies, Johnson and Johnson being one of them, and their earnings were okay. Their results were hampered by strong dollars and currency conversion. But what really caught my eye or my ear actually was a comment on the conference call by the CEO, Alex Gorski. He said that their growth was driven by volume, not by pricing. And this has been a concern for a number of investors, and I think pricing is going to be a headwind for all the big pharma companies in the foreseeable future. I've been a big fan of healthcare lately, but not as much as of a fan of the big druggies. I prefer the biotechs, the medical device makers and the HMOs. Now, I still like the drug makers, especially Johnson and Johnson and Merck. Merck is symbol MRK. But I think you need to be careful buying them. Since, oh, mid-November, J&J has run up from about 130 to near 150, which is about an all-time high. I'd like to see it pull back to, say, 140 before I take another look. It is what I consider a core holding. So if you plan on owning it for a very long time, very long time meaning 10, 20 years, I'm not going to argue with about nibbling on it now. Uh, UBS, U.S. Bank Corp., they've come off the boil after they they announced earnings, as have all the big banks. But UBS has come to the point where I think you can buy it. It's trading around $53 now. I like the banks going forward. Apple, symbol AAPL, is another one that people have been asking me about. Earnings are coming out later today. If you have questions, drop us an email. The email is podcast, which is plural, podcast at xmlfg.com. And if you're looking for some assistance, well, call me. Numbers 571 261 7670. Back to Apple, AAPL. I love it being at 26 times earnings, but I'm not going to buy your shares from you at that price. Every But everyone knows what a great business this is, what a great business they have, and how they're expanding their recurring revenue base, which deserves a higher multiple. But I think 26 times is too high of a price to pay. And I don't say this on the show very often. And I say it about all stocks, not just Apple. Say it about all stocks. If you own it and you start it with a decent-sized position, you might be in a position where it's a huge part of your portfolio, maybe too much. Think about this. You have to evaluate it for yourself and see what makes sense for you. It's just good portfolio management. Don't get me wrong. I let my winners run and try to cut my losers short. But if a stock is 25% of your total holdings, you might want to think about trimming some of that back. An area I'd start looking at doing some work on, are the industrial names. Yes, U.S. manufacturing remains in a recession, but the market has already priced in a V-shaped recovery. If you look underneath the hood of the S&P 500, you see that it's been all about large cap tech stocks, and they've left the industrials in the dust. That's because the industrials, well, they've borne the brunt of the trade war. As things heal themselves, and I think they do. You could get a rotation out of the tech stocks and into the capital good stocks. And I'll be talking more and more about this in the coming weeks. So make sure you tune in. Don't forget to subscribe to the show. And if you like it, enjoy it. Well, pass it along to a friend. By my guess, the market is probably overvalued by about five eh, percent. And I'd love to see, love to see the market pull back five10 percent. I think that'd be healthy to pause that refreshes. I don't worry too much about a pullback going much farther than the 5 or 10% because the Fed is keeping rates low, and they're providing ample liquidity by expanding their balance sheet. Okay, we're out of time. I'll be back next week. and Until then, remember, it's just as important to protect your assets as it is to grow. This is Eric Whiteman for Common Sense Investing. listen to the show Now it's time for the really good stuff. So listen up. It's the disclosures. The things I talked about during the show, well, they're just my opinion and may or may not necessarily be those of the XML financial group. Don't construe this as personalized advice or a solicitation to buy or sell a security. No, no. You should consult your own financial advisor to see if it's appropriate for you. It's also not a substitute for tax or legal advice. I'd suggest you get someone who's qualified in these areas so you can get the advice you deserve. When you're talking about asset allocation, diversification, rebalancing, they don't guarantee better results and they don't eliminate the risk of losses. In investing, there are no guarantees. Just because you use these strategies doesn't mean you'll outperform someone or something who doesn't. XML Financial LLC is an independent registered investment advisor.